Yeah, hey, you tell them heaven is my destination. Until I reach there, I'm teaching this kingdom education. Hey, don't be scared to lay your hands on the sick. And don't be scared to cast the devil out quick. Cause your obedience will unlock a miracle, though. Don't act hysterical, radical, born again fully. This is the Gospel Unbroken podcast with Kevin and Alex. Let's awaken the lion. In the beginning was the Word, and the Word was with God, and the Word was God. The earth was formless and empty, and darkness covered the deep waters. And the Spirit of God was hovering over the surface of the waters, and God said, Let there be light. He was in the beginning with God. When Ahaz was king of Judah, news had come to the royal court of Judah that Syria had allied with Israel against them. The hearts of the king and his people trembled with fear. Like trees shaking in a storm, the Lord said to Isaiah, Go out to meet King Ahaz. Tell him to stop worrying. Tell him he doesn't need to fear those who burnt out embers. Ask the Lord your God for a sign of confirmation, Ahaz. Make it as difficult as you want, as high as heaven or as deep as the place of the dead. But the king refused. No. I will not test the Lord like that. Then Isaiah said, Listen well, you royal family of David. Isn't it enough to exhaust human patience? Must you exhaust the patience of my God as well? All right then. The Lord himself will give you the sign. Look, the virgin will conceive a child. He will give birth to a son. They will call him Emmanuel. By the time this child is old enough to choose what is right and reject what is wrong, he will be eating yogurt and honey. Before the child is that old, the lands of the two kings you fear so much will both be deserted. In him was life, and life was the light of man. But you, O Bethlehem, are only a small village among all of the people of Judah, yet a ruler of Israel, whose origins are in the distant past come from you on my behalf. The people of Israel will be abandoned by their enemies until the women in labor gives birth, and at last his fellow countrymen will return from exile to their own land. He will stand to lead his flock with the Lord's strength. In the majesty of the name of the Lord is God, and his people will live there, undisturbed. For he will be highly honored around the world, and he will be the source of peace. The light shines in the darkness, and the darkness has not overcome it. Mary was engaged to be married to Joseph. Before the marriage took place while she was still a virgin, she became pregnant through the power of the Holy Spirit. Joseph was a good man and did not want to disgrace her publicly, so he decided to break the engagement quietly. As he considered this, an angel of the Lord appeared to him in a dream. Joseph, son of David, do not be afraid. Take Mary as your wife, for the child within her is conceived by the Holy Spirit. She will have a son, and you are to name him Jesus, for he will save his people from their sins. When Joseph woke up, he did as the angel of the Lord commanded, and he took Mary as his wife. But he did not have sexual relations with her until her son was born, and Joseph named him Jesus. 
King Herod was deeply disturbed when he heard the news of the birth of Jesus. He called a meeting of the leading priests and teachers of religious law and asked, Where is the Messiah supposed to be born? In Bethlehem in Judea, they said, for this is what the prophet wrote. Herod would then call a private meeting of the wise men and instruct them to go to Bethlehem to carefully search for the child, and then return to him tell him where he is so that he could go worship him. But you see, that was not Herod's true plan. When it was time to leave, wise men returned to their own country for God and warned them in a dream not to return to Herod. After the wise men were gone, an angel of the Lord appeared to Joseph in a dream. Get up, flee to Egypt with the child and his mother. Stay there until I tell you to return. Herod is going to search for the child to kill him. This would fulfill what the Lord had spoken through the prophet. I called my son out of Egypt. When Herod had figured out that the wise men tricked him, he was furious. Filled with rage, Herod sent soldiers to kill all the boys in and around Bethlehem who were two years old and under. Herod's brutal action would fulfill what God had spoken through the prophet Jeremiah. A cry was heard in Ramah, weeping and great mourning. Rachel weeps for her children, refusing to be comforted, for they are dead. There is no more of a direct manner in which the goodness of God would collide head-on with the sin of man and that which would take place during the birth of Jesus. The Word would become flesh and dwell among us. Jesus was called to suffer as we are broken and full of sin. His calling, his mission, was to suffer. And suffer is what he would do. He suffered homelessness. He suffered hunger. He suffered betrayal. He suffered sadness and grief, physical pain, mockery, disrespect. He suffered injustice, violence, he suffered the pain rejection of his own father. He suffered death. The ultimate punishment for the sins of this broken and fallen world. Jesus would suffer all of these things for us so that we would have what we don't deserve and what we could not possibly achieve on our own. What then shall we say to these things? If God is for us, who can be against us? He who did not spare his own son, but gave him up for all of us, how will he not also with him graciously give us all things? Who shall bring any charge against God's people? It is God who justifies. Who is it to condemn? Christ Jesus is the one who died more than that, who was raised, who is at the right hand of God, who indeed is interceding for us. Who shall separate us from the love of Christ? Of tribulation? Or distress? Persecution? Famine? Or nakedness? Or danger or sword? As it is written, For your sake we are being killed all the day long. We are regarded as sheep to be slaughtered. No, in all these things, we are more than conquerors through him who would love us. For I am sure that neither death nor life nor angels, nor rulers, nor things present or to come, nor powers, nor height, 
or depth or anything else in all of creation be able to separate us from the love of God, Christ Jesus our Lord. Jesus endured constant rejection so that we could experience God's unshakable love. He went in love so that we may know love. He was subject to the failing love of the world so we could know the unfailing love of the Father. Jesus came to pay the ultimate price for our salvation. Let us not forget the blood-stained cross. But this is a story about light. Not the lights on your tree. Not the lights shine on your house. Not the lights around town. The beautiful displays we see when we make our Christmas drives. This is the amazing story the light that God himself sent into a dark, dark world, a world in which everyone was suffering in the darkness. Everyone suffered. No one had an answer. Well, God had the answer. God was the answer. And his answer was the only way. He sent the one who is light to be the very light this world needed. By his grace, there was light. God became flesh in the darkness so that you and I, friends, could know the light forever. Only the light, only his light, can defeat the darkness. The light has come. So as you celebrate this Christmas, as you celebrate the coming of our Savior, remember that the path to our celebration is the death of the very one we celebrate. And that, that is something for us to all eternally thankful for. Have a Merry Christmas.